0: Episode four hundred. Can you believe we made it all the way to four hundred episodes? Wow, that's like a lot. Actually, the one we recorded just a few minutes ago was the four hundredth episode because we zero indexed. But this one is actual episode four hundred.
1: Yeah, it's difference between terminal array index and count. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, this is this is episode
0: four hundred. I cannot believe. Like, I remember when we hit 100, but 400 episodes is insane. Guys, habits are ways that we simplify our behaviors so that we can do them over and over without much conscious thought. When healthy, habits can help us to grow and improve ourselves. So in this, our 400th episode, we're going to apply Stephen Covey's I think it's how you pronounce it. Covey or Covey? I, I don't remember. Uh, I could be wrong too. Yeah. It, Covey. Like quail. Yeah. Maybe seven habits of highly effective people to software development. And we'll also talk about some of the habits that we've developed over the last 400 episodes of Complete Developer Podcast. Uh, we'll break each of these habits down and discuss how you can implement them in your life and career as a software developer. But before we get started, Will, how are you celebrating episode 400?
1: With shock and surprise because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do the episode numbering, so I, I knew it was coming. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I knew it was coming, right? Like every incrementing counter eventually hits 400 <laughs> if it continues. But uh, yeah, I just totally not, not celebrating because I I just didn't know. Yeah, so there hasn't really been a ton of new stuff going on I me with the been able to record on Linux. That was a big, big project mm-hmm. for me. It was getting that moved over. The other thing I finished was well, except for one subset of stuff, I have finished like all the Docker related shenanigans I was doing on the NAS. I and mean, then I've yeah. got my system stabilized. So, like that, when I initially planned that out, there were, I want to say there were like 64 tasks uh, that I had in doist. That list went. To almost five hundred <laughs> before it ended, but you know the thing, you know, part of the part of the issue was because I got downsized when I did. I was initially like breaking it into phases, and the downsizing gave me a fair bit of time, and also shifted my schedule around, and it ended up with me having more of my best focused work time available to me. So I'm right now, I am where I planned to be on this by September of this year. Nice, uh, and it's February. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I have no idea what I'm doing next because like everything has been in a tailspin since October. But yeah, I do think that again, this is this habit formation stuff that we've been talking about has been very useful for that because I've gotten in the habit of coming downstairs and working on my stuff before work every day. It's helped a lot. So how about you?
0: Yeah, I had a really good habit and then I had a month of other things going on in the mornings. And so I kind of got out of my morning routine and I am, about two weeks back into it and still struggle with it a little bit. Some mornings I'm good, some mornings I'm not. So I feel like I'm starting all over again because I did not plan for having that time of other things going on in the mornings. I knew it was coming up. I just didn't, I did not think, oh, hey, I need to plan this into my routine. So I'm paying the consequences of not doing that. In brighter news, we had an art show at church this past weekend. I get to help lead the creative team. I lead the creative media section of the team. So I was one of the organizers for the event. I was also one of the showcasing artists. So that was really cool. I took some photos. I'll I'll post a photo of my booth at the show. I was selling t-shirts that I made. I don't know if I told you about this, man, but uh, I spilled some bleach on one of my favorite like, just plain t-shirts. And, and by favorite, I mean one that got the most compliments from people I know. And so I was very upset about ruining my shirt. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to be artistic about it. I got some rubber bands and uh, got uh, tied it up, sprayed some bleach on it, made a really cool pattern. I was like, hey, I could sell these. So I made a few more and uh, took them to the show to sell, learned a little bit. That was cool. Made some poor painting to sell. Uh, I did have someone sign up for, uh, for a photo shoot, though. That's really cool. That is cool. I also made, I don't have any in here with me, but uh, I went to an art show the previous weekend after having lunch with you. And uh, I f- saw these, like, they're called mini zines. It's basically one piece of paper folded and cut in such a way that it turns it into a little mini book. And the person was doing photography on it. And I was like, that's cool. Didn't have anything planned that would fit that. But uh, I took some poetry that I have and I made like four different versions of that, which those are really cheap to, to make too because you just print them. Um, I had to go to uh, FedEx to do it because my printer doesn't work that well. But uh, just go print them off on like some heavy paper and then fold and cut. And you've got this little mini book, which was kind of cool. So yeah. Also, Super Bowl. Go Chiefs, I guess. They won, right? Yeah, Chiefs won. I was watching, but I, I was yeah. <laughs> I was also writing this outline when I was watching the Super Bowl. So, yeah, there's that. I was dealing with Postgres backups. Yeah, I, I don't have a TV set up right now, so I watched it on my computer, and I was like, I'm sitting in here watching it going, you know... I normally don't work on Sundays, but I could get some stuff done since I'm already sitting here at my computer. And so I knocked out this outline and a few other things for the podcast. So that was cool. Saving money is hard, especially when you waste all of your time switching
1: to Linux. Hey, actually, uh, it's a pretty good way to save money because you have no life. (laughs) Lucas Casades is a fee-only certified financial planner. He owns and runs Level Up Financial Planning virtually out of Fort Collins, Colorado. And just like us here at Complete Developer Podcast, he focuses on helping
0: you not only establish a plan, but to take action on that
1: plan so that you can live your best life. Yeah, investing in financial planning services really comes down to whether or not you can actually improve your finances with the help of that planning service. And with the help of Level Up, the compounding impact of making better financial decisions will easily pay for itself. Level Up also has a really
0: unique pricing model that is designed to help you no matter where you are in your career or financial journey. I got to thinking about it. We we talk about, oh, if you're a junior, mid, senior kind of thing like that. But what about the people like me who, you know, I came in and I was a junior in my 30s. Yeah. You know, and there may be other people. I know people who didn't spend their whole life in school, who actually had other jobs and they came in with money. And it was, hey, I just don't like what I'm doing. And I really like this. Like I know lawyers who became software developers. And yeah, so it's not just where you are in your career, but where you are in your financial journey.
1: Yeah. I've seen, I mean, like you said, I've seen PhD physicists do it. Yeah, so Lucas is also a fiduciary for his clients, which means he's not here to sell you a product, but to actually help guide you to a better financial situation that benefits you. You Guys,
0: you can catch his podcast, Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where he covers financial topics that you probably face and also interviews other IT professionals who share how they navigated their careers. You can also learn a lot more at levelupfinancialplanning.com.
1: The habits we choose to live by can shape our lives and define who we are. That's a quote from Stephen Covey. As software developers, our habits can greatly impact our success and the quality of our work. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a book written by Stephen Covey that outlines key habits that successful people have in common. Now,
0: it's not just a book. There's a whole course on it that, uh, that I actually took. at Well, yeah, it was my last job. I had to think back to remember when I took it, but uh, yeah, it's been several years. But yeah, they've got this whole program through their organization for it with lots lots more than is just in the book. So there's a lot of material out there around this. Now, last year, we discussed these from a negative sense. Honestly, I'm going to tell you guys, when I was working on this, I, I kept thinking, we've done this haven't we talked about these? Like, I'm sure we've talked about these. And I looked through all of our material. I could not find where we'd actually talked directly about them. What I did find was what we did last year, where we talked about the seven habits of unsuccessful people. Right. So there may be ones much further in the backlog that I just didn't see when I was, uh, when I was looking, but uh, yeah, but uh, these seven habits they weren't really developed, but instead they were discovered when looking at the most successful people and what they have in common. So, just like best practices, they weren't someone sitting around going, All right, let me think of the best way, the best practice for this. It was recognition of, Hey, this is kind of the better way to do this in most circumstances. And so that's what these are. These were a recognition of existing habits, not someone like Stephen Covey sitting down going, all right, I'm going to write out these seven habits that I think effective people have. It was him observing them and going, oh, hey, these are, these are things that these people have in
1: common. In this episode, we're going to apply these habits specifically to software developers and show how they can help us become more effective in our careers. From being proactive and starting with the end in mind to putting first things first and thinking win-win, we'll explore how these habits can lead to a more fulfilling and successful career as a software developer. So the first of the seven,
0: and it's too bad there's not nine of them, so I could say seven of nine. Go Jerry Ryan. Sorry. Wasn't she in the new uh, Picard TV show?
1: I, I don't. Watch TV. I don't
0: really watch TV, so I don't know, but I, I see memes, so I, I I assume. Anyway, sorry. The first of the seven habits is be proactive. And what that means is taking ownership of our projects and being responsible for our own successes as developers. I uh, I think the big thing there is that taking ownership. I had a conversation today about some things that we can do to help the junior through advanced senior developers take ownership of the projects that they're working on.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's really about being able to identify what needs to be done and then taking the necessary steps. Um, one thing that's interesting here is contrasting this with the with things like Yagni. And people think they're, those two things are odds, but what it actually is, is hey, you're not going to need this yet. So don't, like, unless you know that you need it, good stewardship of, the, stewardship of the project is saying, okay, I'm not going to build that yet because I don't know if I need it, right? So the, these two concepts are not at odds, even though it may sound like it.
0: Yeah, I, I've had those conversations with uh, with developers before where I'm like reviewing their code and going, hey, what what's this for? There's nothing calling this. Like the only thing connected to it is the unit test you wrote and the interface. Why do you have this method in the service? Oh, well, we might need it in a future story. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't now. Right. So how long did it take you to write it and get it working? That's time that you could have used doing something else. You know, it's like, it, 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 it's sort of a systems mindset thinking too of, Hey, how is this interacting? But also, you know, when you take ownership of it, you're not, all right, well, I'm just building out this task. You're, Hey, I'm like, how is this all working together too? And, the other thing about being proactive is it means that you're willing to learn new technologies to seek out new life and new civil. Wait, no. <laughs> Back to had, Star Trek, Yeah, I don't know why it's on the mind. It's on the mind. I watched Doctor Who last night on my computer, so I have no idea. But to seek out new opportunities and take initiative on projects. Uh, I think last week I mentioned one of the developers I work with Wanting to learn the build process and like how to release to our test environment. And because of that, when I was actually out sick and we had we had an important release, he was able to do it. And you know, him taking that step, him asking, Hey, can I can I watch you do this? Can I sit on in on this meeting? Can I like shadow you on this? And by him being proactive by that, he got to be the hero when when I was out sick and you know I don't think he really knowing him I don't think he really cared that much for the the accolades but just knowing that hey I was able to do something that really helped everybody
1: yeah I mean being proactive as a developer requires things like setting clear goals prioritizing your tasks and always looking for opportunities to grow and improve it's it strikes me as odd how many environments I've been in where, you know, we've had training materials provided as part of your job, right? Like you get a plural site subscription and how half to three quarters of the developers never use it. Right. Like that. Yeah. You know, as far as like being proactive about your career, that is terrifying to me. So you, you really want to make sure that you are actually kind of planning for the future a little bit. Yeah. Exactly, I mean,
0: like I'm really glad you brought up the uh, the yagni too because it needs to be in integrated into being proactive, yeah, because like when you're proactive, then you understand what the project needs and what the project doesn't need, so you don't build those extra things. when you're not proactive, you're just like, all right, well, I'm in here, so I'm going to go ahead and build it. And you're not thinking in that that bigger, broader terms
1: a lot. Yeah. Yagby is the answer to a question, right? It's, I have thought about it and I realize I don't need this. Yeah. It's not the question itself. The question itself is the part we're aiming at here, right? That's the proactivity, mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So the next habit that we're going to talk about is beginning with the end in mind. And this one is really about having a clear vision for the end result um, of of a project um, of a story you're working on within that project. Uh, but it's almost like test driven development. If yeah, you think about or it. It's thinking like,
1: about the user. Yeah, at some
0: point, it's like working backwards. It's like you you look at all right. Here's what it's supposed to do, and this is this is how I view a lot of development problems. Is I I read the acceptance criteria and I'm like, all right. I imagine what it looks like doing that, and then I I build it. Um, I know a lot of a lot of developers that I know who do more front end work, like or well, just in general, a lot of developers tend to like to start. Uh, let's just say you're building, you're working with a three tier architecture in an API. So you're just doing a web API. You've got a controller level like a yeah, that's returning the view model. You got a service layer, business logic level, and then you got your database connection level. Well, a lot of them, a lot of people like to start at that controller level and build down.
1: I tend to start at the database and build
0: out. That's that's but, what I do too, because I'm thinking, alright, how is this going to look and what what is the functionality? It's like, alright, from that functionality, I need to start at the bottom and build up. And it's sort of a little like working backward.
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, the other thing too is, is I tend to visualize some degree of the interface when I'm thinking about how I'm structuring the tables. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm beginning with the end in mind, but then, okay, I've looked at what the end is. Now I'm going to go to the beginning and start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I do tend to build the, especially when I'm building like a new feature, I tend to build the API side first. Yes. Um, like I'll do the, Well, honestly, I'll build the tables in the database first and then I'll connect to the database and I'll test that and I'll make sure that connection is working. Uh, Well, I usually have to build the data models and then build the connection. But yeah, I'll build that all out together, test that connection to the database, and then I'll build the, the business logic layer and go, all right, what needs to happen within the API here? What does it need to handle? And put that in test that and then I'll build the connection going out because if for some crazy reason my code gets out into the wild I would much rather have a service that never
1: gets called <laughs> than an interface that can't be used. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it exactly. So
0: the other thing about beginning with the end in mind is that it's about understanding the needs of the client, the scope of the project, and really setting clear achievable goals when you're going in there. Um, I say that I, I start that way I
1: a lot of times will task out everything I'm going to do first yeah and then make sure that there's not pieces you're waiting on because you can start right. you know it, it's almost like an async call to other people.
0: Like if I had to have a database administrator, make changes to the database for me, like I can do dev stuff.
1: But if for
0: some reason we we had a setup where I couldn't do that on my own, I had to get a DBA to do it, then the way I build would probably change. I would probably build the business logic layer first because I could mock the other stuff to test it while I'm waiting on the DBA. And then I'd do the connection to the database.
1: Yeah, when we begin with the end in mind, we're, we're more focused and motivated to actually achieve our goals and know what those goals are um, and to produce high quality work towards those goals. Uh, It's the same thing we were talking about last week. You know, we were talking about software architecture stuff. If your architecture does not have a clear goal, it's very easy to work on the wrong thing. That's true. No. So guys, to do
0: this as developer, you want to start by thoroughly understanding the project requirements. Creating a project plan, or like I said, if you're working like just in a smaller space with like a story, do like I do and task that out at the very beginning and regularly checking in on your progress. And this is, we use Azure DevOps. And so I've got a Kanban board and I've got my tasks on the the story card and I just check them off as I do one. And so so I really should start separating out unit and integration tests because I do those separate. So... Yeah, it's just easier to put them as one task and check them when they're
1: all done. So the next habit is putting first things first. And this habit is about prioritizing our time and energy to focus on the most important tasks that we have. It's like a family vacation. There's always that one member of the family that does not pack their bag till the last minute. And they they do all this other stuff that has nothing to do with getting out the door and they make everybody else late. Yeah, I mean,
0: I don't, I don't know about you, but
1: I'm the only one who packs a bag in my
0: family. I mean, honestly, if my dog started packing a bag, I'd be really
1: concerned. Well, you definitely would need to shower at least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're running the dog <laughs> off. That's that's when that happens. But no, I mean, you know, we all know people like this. You know, in our lives, right? That that yeah. that don't do things in an order that's that's towards a goal, and you don't want to be that person if you want to have a happy life in general, or a successful
0: one. Yeah. I mean, prioritization, it's it's really the key to a lot of things. And, oh man, this is something that, I'll be honest with you guys, I struggle with prioritizing because I want to do all the things. And so, uh, of of the seven habits, this is the one that I have the hardest time with because, I mean, Will and I both have a lot going on in our lives because we don't like to sit around and do nothing, I mean, watch TV not calling anybody out. Sometimes you just like last night I I was not feeling well. I had a headache, but I wanted to stay awake so that I could,
1: you know, not screw up your sleep.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, I came in here and, you know, got on my Amazon account and watched a little Doctor Who on my computer here. But like I've made it really hard to actually watch TV so that I don't fall into that habit. Not that I worry too much about it because I've got so much other stuff going on, but I say that to say there's a lot of things that I want to do that I'm not doing because they are not as high
1: priority. Do you do this every day? I mean, because my what I have gotten to where I do is I try to have five tasks every day and one of them is like top priority and then there'll be two that are medium and the other three are, are low. And if I get those done, I'm like, I, I was productive today. Mm-hmm. But there's always yeah, only one, you know, one and only one top priority. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like sometimes things come up that replace that top priority. Like we had some production bugs that, you know, I had a story that sat on the board for an extra week that should have been done a lot sooner than it was, but we had four production bugs come through and, you know, I jumped on two of them. So, and that happens.
1: I mean, cause that is a priority.
0: That is that and the priorities change the, the real trick and the thing that I, I have struggled with, I think I'm getting better about it, but is being able to say no to distractions and focusing on what's really important. Like when it comes to work, during my work time, oh yeah, I'm super focused. Actually, it's a little bit of a problem because I will not notice uh, messages and stuff.
1: Yeah, I do the same thing. I Because I mean, it's on the other screen and I'm looking at this one. Yeah. You know, oh, and, yeah. and Teams also is great for lying and making it look like you're not online. If it's on the other screen, it, it turns you yellow, even though you're typing. Oh yeah, I know.
0: Or it just doesn't. If you've got a, a virtual machine,
1: ooh, that yeah, you're within, that's worse. Yeah,
0: Teams, like because I won't have Teams in there. I've got Teams on.
1: Well, yeah, because you want to have RAM in there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a pain, to to say the least. But uh, for me, it's like more in my personal life and all the all the things that I want to do. It's like, all right, I got to pick or like I was looking, we, we do small groups at church and there's a lot like there's a really awesome small group on Wednesday nights that I would love to attend and I have several friends in it it'd be great, but I've got other things that I'm, I'm doing that are a higher priority and I had to go, hey, this would be a really awesome one to go to, but I really can't take the time for it because I need, I need to use that doing these other things.
1: Yeah, and it's stuff that moves, you know, moves your life down the field, essentially. Yeah, putting first things first really helps us to manage our time more effectively, meet deadlines, and deliver higher quality work. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's really the key there. On the subject of putting, you know, the first things first, being able to do that, most of productivity, honestly, is saying, these are the things I'm not doing. So I can do one or two things and just hit them really hard.
0: Yeah. That's that's really key. And it's, again, like we said, priorities change. Sometimes you're focused on one thing during a certain season in your life. And then that may go to the back burner while you're working on something else. I'll give you guys a great example of that. And that's my photography. That is still a priority in my life that like I, I lead the team at church on it. But my photography business has kind of been put to the side because I took on a really big web development side project and I'm working on that project right now. And like all of my other side stuff that I do through that business is, hey, this is this is waiting until this gets done because this is priority. You know, this is this is paying me. Whereas that other stuff is, hey, you know, I'm doing a little bit to kind of maintain the ability and prepare for when this is over with and I'm back out there looking for clients. But right now, my, my big focus is on the client that's paying me. They get the priority. They get the majority of my time.
1: And I did something similar you know, with the Linux stuff and the Docker stuff. I'm like, hey, I have yeah. to have this in place before I start piling things on. I don't want to pile things onto a Windows base that potentially mm-hmm. breaks on me. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It just kind of, I think this is something people miss very easily. So, you know, when you want to put things, you know, first things first as a developer, you know, frankly, you start out with a to do list, even if it's on paper, prioritize your tasks uh, and then eliminate your distractions. This is stuff like uh, email notifications, social media. If you can get out of the office environment, if that's a distraction and you can work remote, do that. I have a challenge for you guys because I I did this
0: back in January. I shut off my social media for a month. Ah. Well, Not a full month. Those three weeks but I know for Will, it probably won't be that big a deal because I don't
1: think you're on there that often. Are you? I'm, I'm not like, if I do, I'm, I'm sharing memes. I'm not having a lot of serious conversations. Although, I mean, i I guess I'm in some groups that are s- somewhat helpful. Yeah. Cause I, I use it more like you, you know, like you used to use, uh, you know, just message board type stuff, you know, back in the day. It's, it's handy for that. I'm not interested in going back and forth or, or seeing pictures of people's cats or whatever.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I did that for, like I said, three weeks, and I'm probably going to do another one not too long, though I do need to maintain the, the podcast stuff and my own business stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I, mean, I, think, I think one of thing that you have done that you've cut out that is a distraction to waste a lot of time that you probably haven't completely realized how much time you were losing to it was drinking alcohol. That is true. I mean,
0: I do kind of miss the social aspect of going out to bars and just hanging out and talking to people. But yeah, I would spend lots of time doing that. Um I need to I need to find a good replacement for that socializing. I mean I the gym's the gym helps a little bit because I've made some friends there and you know, it's fun just to like chat and stuff with the with the guys, you know, usually in the locker room after we work out, we'll uh we'll be chatting for a bit. But it's it's not quite the same as just like sitting there and having a drink
1: and like talking for hours. Yeah. Well, even just, you know, drinking at home will, will chew up so much time and you're less Mm -hmm. effective. I mean, that's That's true. You know, like I've, I've noticed that in you for the last year, that's something that probably if you look, if you like spent some serious time actually thinking about how much time you were losing to that, it would probably still shock you.
0: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Next is the habit. Think, win, win. Um, this one is about developing a mindset of cooperation and collaboration with team members and clients. You know one of the the biggest things and the biggest compliments I've gotten from our product owner is that I think in terms of how the client wants the app to work. Like she's like, I really like the way that you you approach things. From the perspective not of, hey, this is a cool, neat thing to do or, oh, hey, this is really difficult, but is this going to be useful for the clients? Is this going to make their jobs easier and better? And so, because if we're making it easier and better, this is where that win-win comes in because we, we start doing that, we put that focus, then when there is a cool technology, that is going to make their lives easier. They're much more interested in listening to you talk about it and go, hey, we, we, should, we should do this because you've already proven, hey, I'm not doing this just because it's the new hotness. I'm doing this because it's going to make the app better.
1: Yeah, I mean, really the deal is you know, making or finding solutions that help everybody involved rather than just yourself. Um, and this is why so many people come down so hard on developers who are doing resume-driven development, right? Because that is a, it's very frequently a very selfish action, right? You know, you know, if you are considering the health of the team and everyone else when you're doing resume-driven development, you know what they call that? Innovation. You know, it's just the mindset that you're coming at it from. That's really true. It's, That's really uh, true. it's, it's kind of like the difference between, you know, grave robbing and archaeology
0: yeah I mean, are you going to send it to a museum or are you going to keep it for yourself right yeah. that's yeah, pretty much I mean, we could get into the whole argument of, yeah, the British going into other other countries is grave robbing because they're not keeping it in that country, but
1: yeah, well, I mean, I think we we don't expect a whole lot of rationality from people who conquer the world for spices and then don't use any on their food, so just let it go <laughs> 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 that's. yep that's why Um, we got Scottish (laughs) ancestors
0: hey they they at least invented the IPA not that I drink anymore but you know a good British IPA is pretty good anyway so (laughs) thinking win-win helps us to, to build these stronger relationships and create a positive work environment and just help everyone to achieve their goals faster when we're We're working that way. Again, going back to it, because of that attitude, I've actually had the product owner come to me and say, hey, do you think this cool technology would be useful in this app? Because she'd heard about it or somebody had mentioned it somewhere else. Or she'll ask us to do something. I'm like, oof, that, that might be difficult. I'll have to figure out how to do it. And she's like, oh, well, we did it in this other application. I'm like, oh, I can go look at their code and steal ideas.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it kind of works like the old, uh, there's like an African proverb. I think it's African and I'm not sure where in Africa because it's been years since I read it, but it basically says to, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. You know, this is kind of that sustainable strategy thing. And when you want to think win-win as a developer, your goal should be focused on mutual benefit uh, you know, finding common ground and communicating effectively with team members and clients, and by the way, this also means it has to benefit you too. Yeah, right. That's, like, I don't mean, get into a codependent relationship trying to think. You know, saying that you're thinking win win, if you're on yeah. the losing side, that's still not because, like, that's not sustainable either. Mm-mm. No, no. There,
0: there's there's two sides to that, like you said. Yeah. So the the next habit is. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. I think we had an entire episode just on this one alone, on listening skills. So, I mean, it's basically about developing active listening skills and understanding what the needs are and the perspectives, like where your your clients, your product owner, your scrum master, team members, even management are coming from.
1: Yeah, Along with that is being able to put yourself in their shoes and go, okay, how would I feel if I was in this situation? Or if I was in their situation and I had to explain it to someone like me, what words would I use? What analogies would I use?
0: Yeah. I made an analogy earlier today. I'm like, ooh, that's good. I need to write that down. But yeah, it was it was fun. No, that's that's a big thing. Um, and it, it's that is what empathy is. It's understanding where another person is coming from, good or bad. Sympathy is feeling sorry for someone for what they're going through, but empathy is being able to put yourself in in their place and go, hey, how would I react in yeah. that
1: situation? It's also a very useful thing for figuring out whether something is a higher primate. It's just saying like you probably should have developed this as an adult. Well, there's that. <laughs> yeah. Seeking to un- understand other people also helps us to build stronger relationships, resolve conflicts, and communicate more effectively. You know, frankly, you don't have a relationship if you can't understand the other person. Pretty much. And you will have conflict eventually if you can't understand each other, if you can't come to some degree of understanding just because, you know, hey, human beings are human beings.
0: I mean, you're going to have conflict whether you can or can't. Like, even if yeah. you can't understand each other, you're going to have conflict. It's going to be a matter of, how difficult that conflict is and how easy it is to resolve. And when you when you apply this habit of seeking first to understand, then to be understood, you're you're gonna have a lot easier time with that conflict. I mean, one of the one of the big things here related to this that that I hear a lot is I mean, think about it. Think of any argument you've been in. While the other person is talking, what are you doing? Are you Aftly paying attention to what they're saying or are you half paying attention to them and uh, the other half of your brain is planning what you're going to say next?
1: Yeah, the latter, you know, especially in conflicts that go on longer. If you want the conflict yeah. to end quickly, understanding what they're saying is, is kind of the key. And a lot of times it's not just the words, right? Like that's the stuff that you really miss is all the body language and all the other things when you're in your own head right you're going oh they're you know they're they're mad about this thing it's like well they're not mad about this thing this was just the last straw well
0: yeah I, I'm going to tell on myself here a little bit I'm going to give, give, uh, give you guys a little insight into my life a couple of weeks ago I uh, I went to to practice and I thought I was going to be playing this really cool part that I've been really wanting to play for a long time and I get there and I'm told oh yeah you're not you're not playing that. Someone else is going to play that. And I was like, "It." Like I was just like really down about it, but I really wasn't down about that because earlier that day I got a call from my doctor, found out that uh, I had gout in my thumb, and because of some other medical conditions, I wasn't able to take any of the medication for it. Yeah, so I was really down about that, but the way it presented was. I was being petty and sad that oh I don't get to play this really cool riff that I wanted to play. Thankfully, I have a really really close friend who happens to be the keyboard section lead who like just called me aside and like we walked into the kitchen and she's like, "All right. This is not normal for you. What's actually going on?" <laughs> and so, yeah, I told her about that cuz you know, like I said we're really good friends. And she was like, all right, now that sounds normal for you, for you to be upset about that. She's like, for you to be upset about this does not, that doesn't even make sense. And so she was like, I can see how you were like, this was sort of the the final thing that just like brought you down. And so, yeah, well, telling on myself there. But to say, rather than getting frustrated with me for, you know, like, why are you behaving like a little child and being sad about this? Like she sought first to understand. Yeah. And was like, Hey, this isn't normal. What's going on? Let's, let's step aside and talk about this and let's figure this out. And that's probably one why she's one of my better friends at church because she's like, Hey, you know, let's, let's figure this out. So guys to do that, to, to seek first to understand, You have to do the active listening. And like I said, we've got an episode about that that you can check out. Ask questions and be open
1: to the ideas and perspective of others. The next habit for success is synergize. Um, This habit is about working with others to achieve a common goal. It's a bit different from the win-win, whereas
0: the win-win is when you have two different ideas and finding a way to make them work together rather than competing. With synergy, it's about taking your skills and the other person's skills. It's kind of the idea that the whole is greater than the individual parts.
1: Yeah, greater than the sum.
0: Yeah, sum. That's it. Yeah. I knew there was something like that. I- I'm reading a book uh, by Frank Herbert, Destination Void, where they're trying to uh, to build an artificial intelligence like artificial consciousness and they're, they're kind of like getting to this. It's got to be the, the whole or the sum is greater than the the individual parts. But uh, the idea here is valuing the strengths and skills of your other team members and working together to utilize their strengths along with yours and create something a lot bigger than any one person could do by themselves.
1: Yeah, it's, it's essentially specialization of labor. Yeah. Uh, applied a little bit more broadly than maybe pure sociological terms. Synergizing helps to foster creativity, build stronger relationships, and improve the overall quality of work. And the reason it does this is it lets people actually focus on the stuff that they're good at, you know, instead of going, oh, I'm just going to handle it all myself.
0: Right. All right. It's oh, like uh, <laughs> yesterday afternoon, I was fighting this button. Like I could not get it to be where it was supposed to be on the screen. Everything I did, nothing worked. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. Did you try laying it out with tables? No. <laughs> this is this is a on a form and oh, it just it it was a pain. Uh and so I I reached out to our our designer. I was like, hey, I am struggling with this. Can I throw this in your needs design lane and let you knock it out, and then I'll put the PR up. All the functionality works great. Where the button goes works. It's just I can't get the button in the right place, and I've been working on it for an hour and a half and have made no progress. So she was like, yeah, that's fine. Then today, she put up a PR for something else, and I was like, hey, this this one part isn't working. Like, It was supposed to do a word wrap, and it wasn't. So she's like, all right, I'll take a look at it, and she sends it back, and... Hey, can you look at it again? I looked at it again; it still wasn't working. And I've had some problems with that before, so I was like, "Hey, I'm not noticing anything like this in your like um, with the word break word in your uh, in there." I was like, "Have you tried that?" She's like, "I didn't even think about doing that." I was like, "Yeah, why don't you give that a try?" Like, you know, we work together. Like, her specialty is that, but because I had seen the problem before, I was able to like synergize and like be, Hey, have you tried this? And then she can go in there and actually do,
1: do what she does best. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times too, it's just having another pair of eyes. You know, there's a lot of synergy just there to synergize as a developer, actively seek out collaboration opportunities, communicate effectively with team members and value the contributions of others, especially that bit about looking for collaboration opportunities. So many developers don't do that. Yeah. And it makes everything so much harder than it has to be.
0: All right, guys. So we finally reached the big one here. Number seven, sharpen the saw. And I remember the first time I heard that term, I was like, what in the world are they talking about? The TV movie, right? Uh. Yeah. Yeah. The idea here is continually improving and maintaining physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being in order to be better at what we do in our day jobs. And and what this comes down to is uh, a story I I remember hearing about um, a guy who was out chopping trees with an axe. And he started off, he, he was going great, just running through the trees few days later he slows down like you know let's say he could get 20 trees a day when he started now he's down to 10 a little bit later he's down to 5 trees a day working all day long on it and everybody said hey you know you, you really need to sharpen that axe you'll get back up to 20 a day he's like no i don't have time for that i don't have time for that i, I got to keep on pushing got to keep on pushing and you know that's what they're talking about here is taking the time cuz it doesn't feel like you you have the time feels like it's going to be a waste of time to do this. But trust me, I started doing it two years ago, like really focusing on this, taking the time to do it. And yeah, made a lot of progress since
1: yeah. then. It makes a huge difference. I mean, it's it's about taking care of ourselves and ensuring that we have the energy and focus to actually tackle the challenges of our work. Especially when you're a bit green as a developer, it's really, really easy to feel like you should be working all the time. And when you don't take care of yourself, you actually write worse code that you then have to maintain. And like you can get yourself into a loop where you run out of time very, very quickly.
0: Oh yeah. Sharpening the saw helps us to avoid burnout, maintain a healthy work-life balance, and also continue to improve our skills and abilities. I'll tell you one way that I do this that may not seem useful but I've like run it by my manager and they think it's a great idea but my least productive time is right after lunch I mean I go to the gym on my lunch break to get energy so that I can make it through that without like completely crashing that time of day but what I found is I am like the least productive on anything so you know what I do
1: training during that time
0: yeah, I I do training because we have so much required training, but I'm already ahead. Like I've I've done all the required stuff, and I'm ahead just from spending thirty to forty five
1: minutes a day. Yeah, and you probably don't lose anything by that time either, because you find something in there that saves you an hour. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've I've gotten
0: like I've been recently doing a lot of uh, leadership stuff, and I've just like been going through that one after another, one after another on those courses on LinkedIn. And yeah, I've gotten a lot of great stuff out of that. Today, I was going through some stuff uh, for Azure certifications. Uh, It's just like really great stuff that is actually helping me to understand how these things work that I use already. But it's like, it's weird how my productivity is like the worst during that time, but my learning tends to be
1: better. Yeah, well, I mean, you have understood and internalized that you're not going to be productive then, so you're actually able to focus on the learning. Yeah, I've been there. I, I used to do that before my job was hourly. It's a little yeah, harder to swing that with a client. But yeah, to, to sharpen the saw as a developer, you really have to prioritize, you know, things like self care. You've got to, you know, really focus on learning and growing a lot, and you need to seek out opportunities for personal and professional development. You don't want to be the developer who goes in there and does the same thing for 20 years because at the end of that 20 years, you get downsized and whatever learning and personal growth that you should have had over the last 20 years, you get to do unpaid while you're about to lose your house, especially like look at the economic times that are coming. It's really important to work on this right now. So guys,
0: each of these habits can be applied to your life and career. From being proactive and beginning with the end in mind to putting first things first and thinking win win. These habits can help you become more effective, improve your relationships, and achieve your goals even faster. By seeking first to understand and synergizing with others, you can foster creativity and build stronger relationships with your coworkers and your team. And then by sharpening the saw, and taking care of your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, you maintain a healthy work-life balance, allowing you to continuously improve your skills and abilities. You know, There's so much more to this material than what we covered. This has really been an overview of it. But use this to get started adopting these habits. Check out the book. Um, and just become a more effective version of you. That's all we've got. We'll catch you all next week.
1: If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. For references, show notes, and extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website
0: at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Help us make the show possible by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash complete developer podcast. You'll get extras, including a weekly aftercast where we discuss the topic of the week and bonus material with some of our patrons.
1: You can also follow us on Twitter at Complete Pod, like our page on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram to keep up with news about the show. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by signing up at slack.completedevelopernetwork.com.